Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Tuesday, April 26th, 2022. This is Shannon, and tonight I'm here with Stacy, Georgina, Kristen, and Brooke, and we are looking ahead to books coming out in May. Since we're actually recording on the 26th, it's not that far ahead, but it's still a little ahead. And there are only five of us this month for this episode, and so we are giving you a bonus round, so there'll be four rounds here for a total of 20, count them, 20 fabulous May releases. So we will get started with the usual housekeeping information. Then Stacy will start us off, followed by Kristen, me, Georgina, and Brooke will end the round. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. I am not going to lie. I squealed a bit about my first book when I read the synopsis several months ago, and I have been waiting with bated breath until May picks when I could talk about or somebody could talk about Book Lovers by Emily Henry. And just the title alone is enough to make me excited. But then I read the synopsis and I'm even more excited. So this book is about Nora Stevens. And Nora is, you know, she reads every single book that there is. She has to for her job. And she would not classify herself as any of the heroines that she reads about. She's not plucky. She's not like the the dreamer. She's not a sweetheart girl, but what she is, is a cutthroat agent for all of the people that she helps get their books published. And she does have one thing that she loves even more than books, and that is her younger sister, Libby. So Libby decides that they need to take a girl's trip. And so they end up going to... Sunshine Falls, a small town in North Carolina. And they're going to go there for the month of August because Libby feels like Nora needs to be a heroine in her own story. And so they're going to go and do this thing. Well, Nora's like, okay, maybe I'll meet like a, you know, country doctor while I'm there or like, you know, bartender with (laughs) lots of muscles. But no, in fact, she does not meet a bartender or a country doctor or anything that would create a good meet cute. No, she actually keeps running into freaking Charlie Lastra from the city. And they've met many times. And their meetings are never great. No, 
And he's another book editor from New York City. And they just keep running into each other, all these different places. And, you know, it just starts feeling kind of like weird and annoying. And after so many times of them getting together in these different situations, both Charlie and Nora have to kind of start examining their own stories to see if maybe, you know, maybe there's more to their stories than they anticipated. Um, and I do like the line in the synopsis that says, if Nora's not a heroine, Charlie knows he's nobody's hero. And I'm, I'm very ah. much paraphrasing, but um, I'm super excited about this book. Um, it comes out on May 3rd, which actually is very soon. And mm. I am super excited to read it. I love books about bookish people. They make me really happy. And so I am looking forward to reading Book Lovers by Emily Henry. And it comes out on May 3rd. Yay. You're welcome. Yes. Yes. Thanks, Kristen, for sharing the title. (laughs) (laughs) My first book tonight is called Forging Silver into Stars. Doesn't that sound pretty? It does. It does. Um. This is Forging Silver into Stars, book one by Bridget Kimmerer, and it comes out on May 17th, and this looks really good. Um, This is about Jax and Callan that are two best friends, and they live in a place called Sil Shadow, Hmm. and magic has been banned in Sil Shadow for as long as anyone can remember, especially Jax and Callan, and, you know, they used to love the stories about the old mage smiths that could do different things and um, make different things happen. But magic, as they have learned, can be dangerous. And it certainly didn't uh, save Callan's mother. And it certainly didn't save Jax's leg from being crushed in an accident um, when he was younger. And his father has been um, taking that out on him ever since, you know, nothing he can do about it, but yet he's still, you know, being blamed for it. And now magic has come back to Sil Shadow because of a mage smith that is now their new king. And I'm gathering that this new king, it, it kind of married in to Sil Shadow because the queen was already there is, is what I'm gathering. And he, he married her and became the new king. And so people are not really thrilled with the fact that Shadow it, or um, Magic is being allowed back into Sil Shadow. And they're just supposed to be okay with this because, you know, it's the king. And why would the king hurt anyone? Because kings and are bad. Apparently. And so... Um, when someone from a, from an anti-magic faction rides into town and offers silver to Jackson Callan for keeping secrets for the anti-magic faction, they see, they think that this is a great idea, even if it is meaning that they're going up, you know, up against their own King, that they could be, um, helping to overthrow him. And they think this is the, the a good opportunity. They can really help their 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 town with this and then another mage smith comes into town and he has been tasked with finding out who is in the 
anti-magic faction and who is trying to go up against their king. And all of a sudden, Jax and Callan may not be so safe um, because they are holding these secrets for the magic, the anti-magic faction. And they're not really sure who to trust and where to turn. And they just know that if they are found out, this could cause a lot of trouble. So I want to see where this is happening. I'm not sure if we see like a romantic relationship between Jax and Callan. Um, the beginning line of this synopsis says when magic tests a new love. So I'm not really sure who that is referring to. Um, but it looks so interesting and I can't wait to see where this is going to go. So this is turning silver into stars, turning silvers and in, silver into stars, number one by Bridget Kimmerer. And this comes out on May 17th. Excellent. I have never read her. Um, I know I that Brooke likes her quite a bit. I've never read her either. So this this will be my introduction. I have three historicals and a contemporary slash paranormal tonight. So I'm going to start with one of the historicals that I um, very lovingly and respectfully stole from Natalia when she was unable to join us tonight. But this is A Caribbean Heiress in Paris, Los Leonos Book One by Adriana Herrera. It comes out on May 31st. And I have been excited about this, gosh, since like the end of 2021, when I first saw the synopsis, um, a good friend of mine told me about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So Adriana Herrera is best known for her contemporary romances. Um, I love her American Dreamer series. She also has um, a couple of others. But here she is taking us back to 1889 Paris. Yes. And our heroine is a woman of color named Luz Alana. And she is, she's like a, a rum heiress, basically. She has this rum business and she is leaving to head to Paris and she has to sell something like 300 casks of rum. And when she gets to Paris for kind of this like, big fair it kind of reminds me of like the the world fair that we had here in in Chicago and um in the Gilded Age and this kind of has that that feel for me but um she gets there and she's trying to sell this rum and of course men who have long since been in charge of the alcohol business are not real happy to deal with her um, they're rude they're dismissive and she begins to worry that she can't actually sell this rum. And this is a big problem because this is the money that she's like needing. Um, she has a trust fund, but she can't gain access to it until she marries. So if she doesn't sell this rum, then her business is, is in trouble. So she meets a Scottish Earl um, whose name is Evan. And he decides for reasons that she isn't super sure of that he wants to help her. He is um, a titled you know, nobleman, but he's kind of left his title behind and he is now dealing whiskey. And this is like the one thing that he's passionate about. 
And somehow these two kind of reluctantly on her part, eagerly on his part, join forces <laughs> and they are going to, you know, sell all of this rum and maybe, maybe find love along the way if our heroine decides that she can break the promise that she made to herself, that she's only going to focus on business and not on romance while she's in Paris. I have heard so much positive, like pre-publication buzz about this. I cannot wait for it. I was really freaked out a couple of months ago because I was looking for it, like looking for the um, synopsis and I couldn't find it on Goodreads. And I was afraid it was like gone, like that it wasn't coming after all. Um, Fortunately, I just didn't look it up right. And it is indeed still coming out. It is a Caribbean heiress in Paris, Lost Leonis book one by Adriana Herrera. And it will be out on May 31st. If you haven't pre-ordered it, do it now. Yeah, it almost was like like this three-way tug of war for this book. But, um, you know, I'm easily bribed by bright and shiny bookatees. And (laughs) Shannon was able to... (laughs) talk me down because I wanted it because it's like Belle Epoque Paris which is like my favorite yes. era and just all the things and I love um, I love rum <laughs> and I love whiskey and I'm just excited to see what Paris was like um, according to Adriana Herrera in 1889 this next book that I'm going to talk about looks interesting it is called Take Your Breath Away by Linwood Barclay yes. comes out May 17th, 2022. Andrew is on a fishing trip when his wife, Bree, disappears. Oh. And everyone thinks when she's not found, everyone thinks he got away with murder. Yeah. So he becomes a pariah where he works in the town he lives in. Um, but nobody ever finds her. The police can't, you know, charge him with anything because nothing sticks. Like there's no real hard evidence saying that he had anything to do with her disappearance and there's no trace of her. So he's just starting to put his life together. He's lost all his friends. He has only one good friend that has stuck by him this whole time. And it's already been six years. He sold his house, built a new one. And this woman knocks on his door one day and says, starts screaming that she's Brie. So now the police are taking a hard look at, could she still be alive? Who is this woman? And what if she isn't, then what happened to her? So it opens up a whole new investigation and it asks questions that, you know, where is she? So this looks interesting. I can't wait to read it when it comes out. May 17th, 2022, Take My Breath Away by Linwood Barclay. So my first book tonight is Tear Down the Throne, Gargoyle Queen, number two, and it's by Jennifer Edstab. It comes out on May 3rd, which I am so excited because that is not very long from now. 
so, so soon. I can't really talk about this book because it's going to spoil, um, like spoil the first book for anybody who hasn't read it. And there's not much I can really talk about without doing that. So in the first book, Capture the Crown, we meet Gemma Ripley, who we actually met back in um, Esteb's Kingdom of Shards series. Um, it was the first book, Kill the Queen. Back then, Gemma was 12 years old, and now she's about 28. So Gemma Ripley, everyone thinks she's like this pampered princess, that she, all she cares about is like jewels and fancy dresses. And like, she really doesn't care according, like this is what people think anyway. She doesn't really care about learning about how to like rule over her, like her kingdom. But this whole persona of hers is actually kind of, it's, she's kind of trying to hide the fact that she is a um, very powerful mind magier. It's M-A-G-I-E-R. I'm not totally sure how to say that. Um, as well as being a spy. So she is trying, she has been asked by the, by the Ripley family that she is part of um, to investigate some tearstone that is going missing. So she does this and she comes across um, Prince Leo, who is the Prince of Morda, which is um, Morda and Inveri are, they're like kind of like mortal enemies. So obviously she's like, go away. I want nothing to do with you. I don't even know why you're here. But Leo is, he has been asked by his mother to discover like what's happening with this tearstone. Um, so Gemma's kind of trying to push him away, but she's noticing this uh, some kind of attraction. And this kind of like really bothers her because as I said, her kingdom and his kingdom, they're big enemies. So she finds herself behind enemy lines and then she has to rely on Leo. And this is really cool her best buddy, Grimley, who is a gargoyle. I remember um, him. I know. I'm so excited. To, I, I'm so excited to see him again. So she has to rely on them to, like, to escape the enemy. And while doing this, she has to make sure, like, she's kind of has to fight this attraction that's happening between her and Leo. Adding to this whole problem of their kingdoms being enemies, there's also her, his mother, um, Queen Maven, she's kind of like this evil person that always has like a reason for doing things. Like she never does anything out, the, out of the greatness of her heart. So this is, um, and also the family has been, they were kind of like responsible for the Seven Spires uh, massacre. So we learned about that in Kingdom of Shards, I'm pretty sure. So that's what I can tell you. And we will continue their adventure in book two, which is Tear Down the Throne. And that is Gargoyle Queen, book two. And it's by Jennifer Edstub. And it comes out on May 3rd. I am always looking for body positive books. And so when I saw Set on You by Amy Lee, I knew that I wanted to talk about that for May Picks. 
this is new to me author and the, well I think this is a debut <laughs> um, romance from her but this book comes out on May 10th and this book is about Crystal and Crystal is a curvy um, influencer fitness influencer who has spent years shattering gym stereotypes and you know just like doing her own thing. She loves being at the gym. Um, most of the time she can ignore the naysayers, the internet trolls. Um, but lately she's been having a little bit of trouble because, um, she went through a breakup and now she doesn't have a lot of patience for men in general. And then one day into her happy place where she feels powerful into the gym struts firefighter Scott. And he is just this muscular dude who's all like cocky when he walks around and he keeps stealing her favorite squat rack. Oh, she gets so mad and she just can't take it. Those damn firefighters. Why would you steal somebody's squat rack? Not that I even really know what one looks like because I don't I was just going to say, I don't know what a squat rack is, but you probably shouldn't steal one. Well, you probably shouldn't. I'm, I'm assuming it's a place to do squats. No, but. It's but, probably like a handlebar thing. You know what I mean? Probably. I don't even know. But yeah. he keeps stealing it from but her. It actually and she's like, sounds painful. So I'm not stealing anybody's. I mean, it kind of <laughs> sounds like a torture device. If you're me, I'd rather sit here and drink a gin and tonic than go do squats at the gym. But that's just me. Amen, but I digress. Sister. So anyway, Scott that and too. Crystal are at the gym. <laughs> yeah, that too. Scott and Crystal, they're at the gym. And oh my God, they she is... He is just on her last damn nerve. She just wants to go there and feel good about herself and feel powerful. And he's always there getting in her way. And oh, the jabs they keep exchanging with each other. They just keep escalating <gasps> until this one moment when she shows up to her grandparents' engagement party. But it's his grandparents' engagement party. Shoot, what do you do? So <laughs> leading up to the wedding, leading up to the wedding, she starts to realize that Crystal starts to realize that Scott does have a heart under all of those muscles that he oh. is sporting when using her squat rack at the gym. And so they start exchanging cheesy pickup lines and bonding over fitness, which ugh, that sounds terrible to me, but you know, to each his own. I mean, love in a coffee shop, love in the gym, whatever makes you happy. And so they start bonding and they kind of start like, seeing there's more to each other and you know things are going just swimmingly until some jackass internet trolls start having oh, opinions no. right about their relationship uh -oh. and they will have to figure out if they can withstand this test that's all i know about this book but i um hope i get to learn more about squat racks and other things <laughs> i do like that it's about a woman who is curvy and a fitness influencer because I feel like it seems like this is going to be a body positive book, not one where the woman is trying to change herself because of anybody else's opinion. So I'm always good for books like that. This is Set on You by Amy Lee, and it comes out on May 10th. So maybe on May 10th, for those of us who are clueless, clueless about such things, we can find out what precisely a squat rack is when we read this gem of a romantic comedy. Perhaps. I need this book yeah. in my life like I now. Know. <laughs> so there is only one way to introduce my next book. It's oh. called A Little Bit Country by Brian D. Kennedy. 
a little bit rock and roll and <laughs> so this comes out on may 31st and i need it in my life like right now now yesterday now so um emmett mcguire has a dream he wants to be the world's biggest gay country artist which is fairly difficult when you're 17 and living in illinois (laughs) (laughs) but and this is the synopsis saying this not i he could go on american idol i know right (laughs) but he is content right now with staying with his aunt for the summer in Jackson Hollow, Tennessee, and working at his idol's amusement park, Wanda Jean Stubbs. (laughs) There's some serious country names in this book, (laughs) y'all. Yeah, there is. (laughs) And in comes Luke Barnes, and Luke Barnes hates country music with a pretty purple passion because his mother Verna Rose had a falling out with Wanda Jean and this is a pretty famous falling out though we aren't told what it is quite yet but Luke's mom's medical bills are piling up and so he only has one job to do and that is to take a summer job at a restaurant at Wanda World Wanda world. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> so, um, this is where Emmett and Luke will meet, and sparks will fly, and they will be happy together until a big secret about Verna Rose and Wanda Jean comes to light. Uh-oh. And then... We will have to see if their love can survive the turmoil. So I'm here for this. I I am so here for this. I love a good um, MM romance or a mm-hmm. FF romance. I I love it because I just believe it's one of the most beautiful things on earth to love who you want to love. And so I can't wait to read A Little Bit Country by Brian D. Kennedy on May 31st. And it's perfect for you since you have recently moved back to the South and rediscovered a bit of your Southern accent. It is true. And I love to sing country music. So, you know, it all just fits right in. All right, so my next pick is a Regency romance. This is A Lady for the Duke by Alexis Hall. It comes out on May 24th. And I have heard great things about Alexis Hall for a long time. And finally, finally, in 2021, I picked up my first Alexis Hall novel, which was Rosaline Palmer Takes the Cake, and I loved it so incredibly much. The sequel is supposed to come out next fall, this coming fall. I'm very excited. 
And so now I'm paying a lot more attention to what Hall releases. And so what we have here is a Regency featuring a trans heroine who fought in Waterloo and was presumed dead. And when people thought that this person died, she decided that she could finally live as herself. And so she now goes by the name Viola and she is trying to figure out, you know, kind of what living as herself means. So for the first time, she's living in society as a woman. And I'm guessing that this causes her some problems. The synopsis kind of hints at that, but we don't know a lot about it quite yet. Um, when she was presumed dead, this caused a lot of grief for her family and her closest friend, um, who is the Duke of Gracewood. And Viola has heard, you know, rumors that Gracewood has not been doing very well since they separated. And she's not really sure, like, what she should do about that. Like, should she, you know, come back into his life, tell him who she is and, you know, try to make something of this? Or should she leave well enough alone? Well, then their families reconnect and she is face to face with Grace Wood for the first time in a number of years. And she is stunned by how his grief has changed him. And so this kind of feels like the like kind of hurt comfort kind of thing that um, people have written so well in the past. I'm really hoping for something stellar here. Um, and so she slowly starts to re-enter Gracewood's life and slowly starts revealing little bits of her like true self to him. And so now they're trying to make a go of this relationship. And Viola, you know, has had to like say goodbye to her wealth and her title, because certainly now that she's living as a woman, um, you know, she can't like step in and, and claim her title again. So it's a lot of adjustments for both of them, but they're hoping that love will see them through. And I'm hoping that it does as well. This looks so, so excellent. It is A Lady for the Duke by Alexis Hall. It comes out on May 24th and I would like it right now. What? So the next book I am going to talk about is um, Midnight Dunes, Texas Murder Files, number three by Laura Griffin. It comes out May 31st, 2022. Um, this looks interesting. I'm not sure if it's a cozy. Um, no. It doesn't that way but the description was rather the synopsis was rather short because that's what made me think about it um macy's career is in shambles her first job was a reporter or her job was a reporter but i'm guessing something happened and it her career is now over um she goes back to her town that I guess she's grown up in and Macy is um, working for the tourist board 
her first love was filming the beautiful beaches. So she's lucky to get what she, you know, her first love as a job again. So a body turns up on um, at the dunes and Macy quickly realizes that the house she's renting belonged to the lady that turns up dead, the, the cottage she's renting. And the local sheriff <clears throat> is um, afraid for, for Macy. It doesn't say why he's afraid for her, but he doesn't want anything to happen to her. So they team up together to figure out who, um, who is murdering or why this woman turned up dead. It should be interesting to see um, if they end up romantically together. That's what the synopsis hinted. This is Midnight Dunes by, or I'm sorry, Midnight Dunes, Texas Murder Files, number three by Laura Griffin, which comes out May 31st, 2022. Ah, uh, Laura Griffin. I know Mika um, has read some of hers and has liked her. So my next book tonight is going to be so exciting to Shannon. Yes, it is. This is Miss Rule, Malice Duology, book two, and it's by Heather Walter. And it comes out on May 10th, which again is not very far from now. It's so I'm not excited. so far. I think I might have to reread the first one just to refresh myself because it's been a while. I think I probably will too because it's been a little while. So in uh, this book, um, I love how they start the synopsis. Princesses should not be falling in love with evil sorceresses. It says something something to that effect. Well, our main character in this book, her name is Alice. And she is not treated very well like they don't care much about her because she has this magic in her veins that everyone fears so everyone is very afraid of her and she what they have her doing like so she's treated so badly which is kind of silly because they also have her working for her for them so a lot of the rich people and stuff They have her making hexes for them and other things like that, but treating her like crap. So obviously Alice is not very happy with where she's living. So she meets Aurora and Aurora is um, from a line of princesses that um, have been cursed by um, an evil fairy who has after about at a certain point in their lives, they just die. So nobody lives to really rule over this kingdom for very long. So Aurora has about a year left. And obviously um, this is really upsetting to Alice because her and Aurora have kind of, they begin to kind of develop a relationship. And Aurora is trying to teach Alice that she should be proud of her special abilities. Like she does not think that she is an evil person. But things 
are not going smoothly for them. And that is where I must leave you. I am sorry, I cannot give you too much. So in the next book, which is, uh, so that, that book is what I was talking, so what I just explained is the first book. And the first book is, is it called Malice? It is it's called Malice. Malice. Yeah, so the first book is called Malice. And I can't give you anything from the second book. That's why I described the first one. So we continue on their adventure and we will discover, does, will true love help or not? Oh, so, I hope so. Me too. So this is Misrule, Malice Duology, book two by Heather Walter, and it comes out on May 10th. I am very, very excited for this. So I remember texting Shannon like months and months and years ago because 2021 did sort of feel like several years. And I was all excited and shared with her my excitement about the book I'm going to talk about next. And that is A Rip Through Time, A Rip Through Time number one by the amazing Kelly Armstrong. This book comes out on May 31st. This book is about Mallory. And Mallory is a homicide detective who has come to Edinburgh to be with her grandmother. Um, Her grandmother is dying and, and Mallory has come to be with her. And on May 20th, 2019, Mallory is out kind of jogging through the city when she hears a scream in an alley and she goes to investigate as one does in books such as this. And all of a sudden, she wakes up. After being strangled, she wakes up in a different body in 1869. So she has gone back into the past 150 years. And she is in the body of housemaid Catriona, who was also strangled and left for dead in the exact same spot where Mallory is strangled and left for dead 150 years in the future. And so Mallory wakes up in this body and she's kind of like, holy crap, like what is going on? And she has to adjust very quickly to being in Victorian Scotland because she is the housemaid to an undertaker. So her boss, Dr. Gray, who she is a housemaid for in this other body is um, an undertaker by day, but a medical examiner by night. And soon after coming to Victorian Scotland, Mallory learns that her boss, Dr. Gray, is uh, looking into a death that was very similar to her strangulation. It's the strangulation of a young man. And so Mallory starts to hope that perhaps, just perhaps, solving this murder in 1869 will help to return her to her life in 2019, which is something that she very much wants to happen. And that's all I know about this book, but I'm all in. Like, I am all in. just to figure out what's going to happen. Where's the killer? Are they in 2019? Are they in 1869? Are they somehow in both places? And if Mallory is in Catriona's body, is Catriona in Mallory's? Like what, what is happening? And we have to wait until May 31st to find out. So this again is a rip through time, a rip through time number one by Kelly Armstrong. 
And this looks like so amazing. So my next book is called Together We Burn by Isabel Ibanez. And would anybody like to take a gander at when it actually comes out? May 31st. May 31st. Yes, May 31st. <laughs> the most treacherous day of the year because I have so many books I want to read and I'm not going to have enough time. There's not enough hours on May 31st to read all the good book bookiness that's coming out that day. It's horrible. Um, somebody needs to get with the publishers and tell them that they, they need to just not do this. <laughs> so, um, so this book is about the best way I know how to say her name. And I'm trying it because I think it's pretty, I think it's Zarella, Z-A-R-E-L-A. And she is a very talented flamenco dancer. Not flamingo, flamenco. And she is the daughter of the most famous dragonator in her world. Dragonator, that's a good word. And so people come from miles and miles around to see her father fight in their arena, which will one day be hers. But tragedy hits during their 500th year celebration and her father is horribly injured and now Zarella is trying to keep their arena and her lively their livelihood and her inheritance out of the greedy hands of the dragon guild And so this means that she must take her father's place as the next Dragonator. But the famous dragon hunter, Arturo, is going to be a little butt. And he is going to refuse to teach her his ways. But Zarella is not told no very easily. And whether he agrees or not, there is someone out to bring her family down. And so Zarella has to figure out who this is and why and how to stop them. And so as much as they don't want to need each other, they do need each other, Mr. Good old Arturo and Zarella. And so they will have to find a way to work together to not only teach her the ways of the Dragonator and how to fight, but who is trying to take down her family. And it looks like this is going to be all wrapped up in one nice, neat little package in one book. Um, But this is something that I would love to see, to have seen in you know, like a trilogy maybe or something like that. It, it looks pretty epic. So I'm hoping this is done well. Um, I've never read anything by this author, so we shall see. So this is called Together We Burn by Isabel Ibanez, and it comes out on May 31st. 
Okay. It's been a while since I've seen a good, like, dragony book. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing these dragonators fight dragons is what That's I'm That's what thinking. I figured they did, but I, I don't know. Because we'll otherwise it doesn't make much sense why they're called right, dragonators, like, but. Right. I would think they must fight dragons. So my next book makes me really excited, but then I read the synopsis and part of it kind of made me sad. So I'm not sure Uh-oh. quite how I feel about this. This is The Book Woman's Daughter, The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek, book two by Kim Michelle Richardson. And I loved The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek so much. It came out in 2019 and it was like so excellent. Um, so this is the long-awaited sequel. And this follows Cussie's daughter. Her name is Honey. And they're still living in the mountains of Kentucky. But Honey's parents have been imprisoned. And this is what makes me sad. Because I don't like to think of the beloved bookwoman and her, her doctor husband um, being sent to prison for some reason. Like that makes me very, very sad. But anyway... So they are in prison and now Honey is on her own and she decides that she's going to pick up where her mother left off and she is going to also become a pack horse librarian. And so she begins riding throughout the mountains, delivering books to like the far flung reaches of the mountains and getting to know people in her community that she'd never really like known about before. And this is, in a lot of ways, very good for her. But a lot of people, um, very conservative, kind of narrow-minded people, aren't very happy about this. And they don't want Honey to be carrying on her mother's work. Um, Back then, people felt very threatened by people, especially women, gaining access to books. And so they want to put a stop to this. And she is forced to rely on all kinds of women that she has been getting to know as she's been delivering books to kind of help pull her through. Now, the synopsis doesn't tell us what happens to her parents, and I find this very, very distressing. So hopefully, um, you know, something good happens and they they come out of prison. That that would make me happy. Um, But I have been very excited about this since I first saw the synopsis last year. Um, I'm hoping that I love it as much as I loved the original book uh, written by Richardson. But this one is The Book Woman's Daughter. It's The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek, book two by Kim Michelle Richardson. This book that I'm going to talk about next is called The Seamstress of New Orleans by Diane McPhail. It comes out um, May 31st, 2022. It is about a woman named Constance who is a seamstress whose husband has died and she donates her time to different charities. Um, one of them is an orphanage where she meets a woman named Alice whose husband has left her and she's pregnant. Oh. Alice and Constance seem to work together to make a 
a dress for the leap year of Mardi Gras. And apparently it's like all women who are on this committee and they make this dress. But the people who Constance husband owed money to aren't satisfied with the way he died. And so it isn't clear if they're going to come after Constance or make trouble for her. That's what it looked like in the synopsis. Um, But it just said that these women, a secret will come out and these women will bond even closer together. So that Mm. looked um, interesting. It's set in the 1900, early 1900. So this should be really interesting to see how they, I like all those. Historical New Orleans. Yeah, I like all that, you know, kind of posturing and old, you know, Western bad guy type of thing. I don't like to read Westerns, but the occasional. (laughs) (laughs) Western romances are okay. Yeah, they kind of are, right? Like Linda Leo Miller. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so this are... is like Southern with like kind of yuckety people. It looks like it, it looks kind of like money. a little mystery kind of bad guy. So this it's one is century. Called... Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. turn of the century, kind of. It says um, 1900, so I would imagine. Oh, yeah, I would think so. Of... Mm-hmm. Yeah just at the end. So this one is called um, The Seamstress of New Orleans by Diane McPhail. Comes out March, May 31st, um, 2022. So my next book tonight is Wicked and Me, Devil's Cradle, book one, and it's by Suzanne Wright. It comes out on May 13th. So nobody knows what they are. They call themselves the eons. Ooh. They are secretive, they're dangerous, and they're coming for winter. And winter knows this because when they tried to execute her, for reasons I don't know at this point, um, they initiated some acts some actions that are not that are not good like that's all I know so she takes off and she escapes and she goes to um ask the ancients for help so the ancients they rule over um people like the outlaws the fugitives like the people that you kind of want to avoid well one of the ancients his name is Cain um, he is the brother of Abel. So there's probably a bit of religion in this, I'm, I'm guessing, because I know Cain and Abel, their story is in the Bible. Um, true. So I'm kind of looking forward to see what that happening there. But Cain is interested in winter. And she's not sure if this is a good thing to have in one of the ancients um, interested in you. But she, she really can't turn away um, his help um, because he, she can't take on the um, eons. Mm-mm. Not that the eons, um, not that she's going to be like an easy prey like they think. Um, so she is a witch and 
she has come back from the dead. So when witches come back from the dead, they don't always come back alone and they don't always come back with the same like abilities. So we don't really know. And the eons probably don't really know what to expect. And that my friends is all we know, but it's pretty darn exciting. So this is Wicked in Me, Devil's Cradle, book one. And it's by Suzanne Wright. And it comes out on May 13th. So every year about this time, I start anticipating the newest release by Nora Roberts. And this year was no exception. And about a month ago, I read, um, she posted up on her, I think it was on her blog, um, the first chapter of the book that I'm about to talk about. And then I became even more excited. Her latest release is Nightwork by Nora Roberts. It comes out on May 24th. This book is about Harry Booth. And Harry Booth has to be a very resilient and sort of resourceful young lad because at the age of nine, his mother is diagnosed with cancer and he is trying to figure out a way to help her pay medical bills. And so he decides that the best way to do this as a nine-year-old child is to start breaking into the homes of the wealthy and stealing from them and Uh selling what he steals (laughs) to get money to help his mother. So I don't know many nine-year-olds who are resourceful enough to A, come up with a plan and B, not get caught and C, be able to pay for their mother's care. But that is apparently what Harry Booth does because he continues this until his mother sadly passes away from cancer. Um, I think it's a few years later. So after his mom is no longer with him, Harry decides to leave Chicago and he decides to keep up his night work. And he kind of drifts from... I want to say like the Outer Banks and I want to say he goes to Savannah and at some point he ends up in New Orleans and he sort of kept to himself, stayed on his own because he can't really form attachments because he has to keep, you know, shifting identities, but also because, you know, he can't allow people to become suspicious of what his night work actually entails because he's probably going to steal from them later. So that wouldn't be a very good idea, but when he's in New Orleans, He meets Miranda and she basically, they form this great connection and, you know, things are just going swimmingly until he is commissioned to do a job for Carter Laporte. And Carter Laporte, I think that's an amazing villain name, P.S. Carter (laughs) Laporte would like him to steal from the Baltimore Museum, which to me doesn't seem like a great idea, but you know, this is not my night work. So I don't know what Harry Booth thinks about this, except for that. He thinks that Carter Laporte, how many times can I say this name as I'm discussing the synopsis? He thinks that he might be like even worse than the alligators in the bayou because Carter Laporte wants to not just own paintings and priceless things. He wants to own people. And he sees Harry as this tool that he would like to acquire and use. So sadly, Harry has to bail and he has to leave Miranda without any sort of word about why, which I'm guessing hurts her rather a lot. And then he's on the run from Carter Laporte. But he finally decides that he has to face down his nemesis because and who he is wants his to nemesis again? Carter Laporte. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and he would like to finally get to a place in life because where he can just live a nice normal life because he's realized that the only thing that he really wants is the thing that is more valuable than anything he has ever stolen. I want this book. I want it very badly. I want it today. Unfortunately, to read Nightwork by Nora Roberts, I have to wait until May 24th. But you can bet that on May 24th, I will be reading about Harry Booth and Miranda and Carter Laporte. <laughs> um, just for um, a footnote here, this book being my last book and my previous book were the two that I dropped another book for because I just could not not talk about these two books like it, it just was not going to happen that way um so this book is called twin crowns twin crowns number one by Catherine Doyle and Catherine Weber and this book looks so freaking interesting um, my heart like leaps for joy at reading the synopsis. And this is about two sisters, twins, uh -oh. twins that are separated oh dear. at birth. Yes, they are <laughs> separated at birth. Oh and this no. is on purpose. They're separated oh, on heavens. purpose. Oh, one, <laughs> I know, one is raised as the princess princess rose and the other one is her name is rin and they are they have two different last names um rose i i forget their i i remember rin's last name but i don't remember rose's right off the top of my head but they are raised by two different sets of people obviously and rin has been groomed from childhood to eventually go and overthrow her sister and become the the to become queen well and if they would have just stayed together then couldn't she have become princess anyway well i would think so but i have no idea hmm. okay so um so ren is now having to go back to the palace and try to usurp the throne, which she'd be doing really great at if this palace guard that is like obnoxiously handsome would leave her alone. Hmm. And Princess Rose um, has an upcoming marriage into a very brutal kingdom coming up, but she's not going to let waking up in the middle of nowhere with an extremely handsome kidnapper get in the way of her royal duty. Ooh. Ooh. And so these two women are about to live each other's lives. And Rin is wanting to take the crown so that she can protect the witches that raised her. Ooh, witches. And yes. And Princess Rose is about to be thrust into the middle of this family of witches. And she is about to learn that the family or the witches that she has feared all these years just might be her saving grace. 
And then you have this nice little interloper over here that doesn't want either of these women to have the crown. And he's going to do everything in his power to stop it. Hmm. So who will ultimately wear the crown? Who will rule? This is um, described as a rom-com. And so... Yes, it, it does say rom-com in the beginning. It's <laughs> weird. <laughs> so I can definitely see with, with the way these are described in the synopsis that I, I can kind of see why this is called a rom-com. But I, I'm interested. I, I want to see these two girls come together and say, screw you, because just because we were raised to, to do this to each other doesn't mean we have to. And I'm hoping that's, that's how it goes. Um, but this is going to be in multiple parts. I do not know yet if it'll be in two parts or more. But this is Twin Crowns. Twin Crowns number one by Catherine Doyle and Catherine Weber. It comes out on May 17th. So it isn't often that I write my name next to a book on the main list that I send out every month. I write other people's names sometimes but I rarely write my own. I think I did in April and I did it again in May. So this is. Actually, bad... you just wrote mine this time. Oh. You wrote mine. <laughs> is that right? And then, well, no, mine you didn't write Shannon. just wrote mine. Yeah, when I saw that, I was Sorry. like, oh, okay. <laughs> so this is From Bad to Cursed. Witches of Thistle Grove, book two by Lana Harper. It comes oh. out on May 17th. It is the sequel to last year's Payback's a Witch, which I absolutely adored. Um, so this is the story no of, of Issa. And Issa is the sister of Talia Avramoth, who we met in Payback's a Witch. She is kind of the wild child. She's a demon summoner who isn't very happy with her lot really? in life. She doesn't really like magic. She wants to leave Thistle Grove and perhaps become a fashion designer. But her responsibilities to her family and their like witchy emporium kind of keep her um, in Thistle Grove. Now, Isa has a nemesis. We met him also in Payback's a Witch. He is Rowan, and Rowan is the twin brother of Lyndon, um, who was one of the supporting characters um, in the first book. So Isa and Rowan do not get along. Rowan is this uh, kind of like animal whisperer. Um, he's very, very good with anything involving animals. And he finds Issa and her kind of like slapdash way of doing things to be pretty annoying. So these are two people that you don't expect to join forces. But because this is like a paranormal romance, you know that they're going to. And the thing that causes them to do this is that it's getting close to Beltane. And Beltane is one of the biggest holidays in Thistle Grove. And so they have all these festivals to celebrate it. Well, someone is sabotaging these festivals and the sabotage is directed at Rowan's family. Now, the townspeople seem to think that Issa's family 
is responsible for this. And so to clear the Avermoth name, Isa and Rowan reluctantly team up to figure out who is behind the sabotage. If this is even half as good as Payback's a Witch turned out to be, um, it, it will be remarkable. I am so, so excited to read this one. It is from Bad to Cursed, Witches of Thistlegrove, book two by Lana Harper, and it comes out on May 17th. The title. Um, I love this title. This is like is my favorite word. title of the evening. So Improbable Magic for Cynical Witches by Kate Selska. This comes out May 24th, 2022. And normally I'm not one for, for young adult books so much because they're too yep. melodrama. But this one looks really, really good. It's um, Eleanor is 17 years old. She lost her best friend and girlfriend. And... Um, she um all all at once so she's kind of she has a job at this it looks like a tarot witch card I mean witch shop Ooh, and yeah and it looks it like I said it looks really good so she has a job she doesn't believe in magic she's trying to avoid love she doesn't want to lose like she did her best friend again so she doesn't believe in magic when something arrives at the shop the synopsis doesn't make it clear whether it's a letter or a person and so she's like this is not real it's not happening but um it's introducing magic to her life so magic is about to change her life um, and so she joins or she realizes that she should give it a try, I'm guessing, because she joins a coven and meets someone that she has to overcome her past so that she can move forward. That's um, pretty much what the synopsis said. So it doesn't tell you like, who the if this person is another witch or what she has to overcome from her past it looks very very interesting and i can't wait to read this this is improbable witches or improbable magic for cynical witches by kate celest it comes out may 24th 2022 i will definitely be reading this so my last book tonight is Reject Me, Immortal Vices and Virtues, book one, and it comes, oh, sorry, and it's by Kel Carpenter and Aurelia Jane, and it comes out on May 30th. So the really cool thing about this series, from what I've, because I was looking at it, and I noticed that each book in the series is going to be written by a different person, and from what I understand, each book is like a full novel. There's no cliffhangers and it's a happy ending. So I thought that was pretty exciting. So in this book, our main character, 
who is not, as far as I can tell, named yet, she calls out to Marcus. He's like the son of the um, shifter um, Alpha. She says, I reject you. So this is like kind of triggers all of some really not good things. She ends up getting outcasted from her pack. Um, but she knows that she's made the right decision because she doesn't feel that she can commit herself to her like childhood bully. So all That's her fair. life, she has been bullied by this person. Um, so part of the reason I am guessing that she's bullied is because she's unable to shift. Um, there's some kind of, it said that she's cursed in some way. So I'm not sure how that is, but she has been like told to leave and she's been banished and she gets a message from this head vampire guy and he invites her to come and join his group. I mean, doesn't quite say what he, what he calls themselves, but to come join his group. And as she learns this, she learns that he has, there's like a reason because nothing ever comes for free, right? So she knows that he wants something, but she also knows that she has nowhere else to go. So that, my friends, is all I know. Ooh. Not very much, but it looks interesting. No. So this is Reject Me. Immortal Vices and Virtues, book one. And it's by Kel Carpenter and Aurelia Jane. And it comes out on May 30th. I need to uh, read some Kel Carpenter. I know that you like her and Kristen likes her. And that brings us to the end of our May Picks episode. Thank you to Brooke, Georgina, Kristen, and Stacy for participating this evening. Thanks as always goes out to Christine for all of her fantastic editing that saves all of you listening to our oh so many um, tangential wanderings. And we thank all of you so much for joining us each week as we talk about great books. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, it kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.